Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. how to save your kids, all right, or grandkids, or even, even loved ones, people you really believe in for. I'm going to tell you, what am I going to tell them, Lord? This isn't what I was planning. And my children were totally raised in God. I mean, I'm talking, my kids were so raised in God, it wasn't funny. Like, we only watched Christian TV. My kids never even saw Star Wars until they grew up and moved out of the house. They never watched anything, anything with violence, anything with, um, I'm so serious about this. I repented for ever watching Bewitched when I was younger. And I dream a genie because that's what opened the door to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. So we have teaching on all this on the mentorship and we'll tell you about that. It's, I think, I don't even know, Nicole will explain it later. I think it's $15 a month for the partnership and 20 or 25 for mentorship with hundreds of hours of video and teaching, like 300 hours. Everything we do, we keep adding to it. All of these will be on there and you can key in what you're looking for and find it. Um, so, and then if you're international, it's free. And if you totally don't have any money at all, it's free, but we'll ask you to do the ones on how to get out of poverty so that you won't have no money forever, right? Because we have a powerful God. And so this one son, my sons were raised really um, knowing God was real. For example, the swans man, you know who swans man is? They drive those little trucks and sell you food. So the swans man came to my house one time. He came more than one time. But the one time the swans man came to my house, he came in and I would prophesy and, and pray over everybody. Like we looked forward to the Jehovah Witnesses coming to our house. Like, like we were going to get Jehovah Witnesses saved. It was so much in my house that I told my kids, okay, so the older one, you watch the younger one because mom's about to witness to the witness, to the Jehovah Witnesses. So they would take the, the older, they had the three, they would take the older one, would watch the other. And I, and I would explain to them, look, you will get the rewards in heaven too, because this is your part of this. So the kingdom is really real in our house. And so they would be quiet and everything. Do you know what a miracle that is? My two boys are not your, especially if you don't let them watch junk TV, you know, they're going to be pretty, a little bit rowdy boys because they're going to be playing with, you know, trucks and, and uh, cowboys and whatever, uh, skateboards, and then get more expensive the older they got. But anyhow, so so they learned that. So, I mean, I even had Jehovah Witnesses come in one time, and I got so good at God giving me the answers to help them see that the one main Jehovah Witness guy who's in charge of watching the littler ones, he grabbed me and goes, we got to get out of here. This woman's witnessing to the witnesses. And... And they ran out and I got blackballed. They didn't come to my house anymore. They skipped it. They'd be in the neighborhood and they'd go around me to the neighbors and stuff. 
So I thought, man. So, I mean, I get so excited. I'd see them coming down the street. They're here. They're in the neighborhood. Kids, this is what we're doing. I'd get people praying. And we did get some saved. So, but the swans man came. And um, so, and so he came in to bring the food order, whatever. And all of a sudden I had a word of the Lord for him. And I can't remember what it was now. Something about ministry or something. I had no idea he was also an associate pastor. And so I prayed for him. He fell out. We didn't have catchers or anything. We had carpet. Nowadays, we don't have carpet. We have hardwood. Uh Uh-oh. Anyway, he fell out on the floor and was zonked, like God was dealing with him. So me and the kids go and start fixing dinner. My husband comes home. (laughs) My husband, I love, but he's, he's an engineer. He's not kind of into all this as much, okay? Like his, his gifting's different. So he walks in. His gifting is to put up with me and my gifting. So he walks in and he looks at the man laying in the floor and he walks over to the dinner table and goes, Cindy, there's a man in the floor. I'm like, yeah, it's the swans man. I prayed for him. Oh, okay. And then we all ate dinner. <laughs> okay. This, this was like what my kids grew up with. Okay, it was so real that I would be driving the van, um, the minivan, because I was in the minivan era. Like, you you weren't, you know, you weren't middle-class America if you did not have your minivan, and at least you're a couple of kids in there and their friends and some of their friends and some of their other friends. So I'm driving the minivan, and i like, okay, who's got something? They're like, what, Mom? I said, somebody's got something demonic in here. Mom, we don't have anything. I said, somebody, I said, I pulled over. I said, somebody's got something. Do you, I don't know if you remember, do you remember the things called pogs? They're like those little pieces of, it's almost like what American money is worth these days. But anyhow, it's a little, you know, round thing. And it had some, and I said, let me see them. And there was one that had a demonic kind of picture on it. I'm like, that's it, that's it. They're like, so we threw it out. And then I'm like, okay, we can go now. So this was their actual life. Um, This was a really good one. So one time I went, they didn't believe me. Uh, You're just making that up. You're making that up. So it's okay. And I can't remember what store we went to, but we went to a store that had a toy section, like a Target's or something, Walmart or whatever. So we're in there. I said, okay, I'm going to close my eyes. And you guys take me by the hand. The cameras must have been like, what are these people doing? I said, you take me by the hand and you stop at a toy, I'll keep my eyes closed, and I'll tell you if it's something with a demonic spirit on it. So they're like, okay, okay. So we're walking through the toy store, the toy area, and there's this, and I'm like, no, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. So they finally think they're fooling me. No, I go, that's that's not right. And they're like, ooh, that's good, she's got it right, because they knew what violent toys or demonic toys were. So we finally get to this one, and they and I'm like, right there, it's right there, and they're like, ah, you missed it, you missed it, and I opened my eyes, and it was actually, you know, whatever, pretty decent toys, and I said, no, no, there's something right here, I feel it, it's right, we moved back, and there was a demonic toy right behind the toy, they're like, oh. <laughs> so I said, see, your mom has discernment, so let me say this, start praying for discernment, okay, discernment is not suspicion, so sir, discernment is knowing what's going on in the spirit, and so they were like, oh, that's th-. So I'm just telling you that to get to my story about God giving you grace to see your, your children get right with God or come back to God. So, and my family went through a lot. For those who don't know, my daughter died when she was seven. Both my boys saw it. You can get my book, Joy Comes in the Morning, or you can find it on YouTube. 
And, and then my son, one of my sons was sick for a long time, life and death sick. He's fine now, thank God. He's in, um, uh, works in films in um, L.A. And um, it's just an amazing, his whole testimony is amazing. And so we've been through it. And um, so anyway, so when my one son hit the age of like 11th grade or something like that, he just got rebellious for some reason. Now, thank God, rebellious in my family, most people would consider somewhat normal. I don't consider cussing normal. I don't consider underage drinking for any situation normal. I don't consider drinking normal, but I certainly don't consider breaking the laws normal. Um, and, um, and that was probably the biggest things. And if you live in my house, you go to church. So I don't care if you're 25, if you're living in our, my house and I'm paying the bills, you're going to church. Well, that went over great, but it doesn't matter. That's we, we go to church in this house. This is what we've done before you guys were even born. We go to church. You don't have to go twice a week, but you're going to go once a week. So, and you have to ask God about that, but too many people sit back and let the devil have their kids. And, and I didn't know this was going to be on parenting, but anyhow, we have to take it very serious. The enemy is taking it very serious to destroy our kids. If your grandparents, I know it's, you would love for your children to take their children to church, but if they don't and you, you live close by, start taking them. The only thing you can take to heaven with you are people. And it's our responsibility led by Holy Spirit to be part of the answer to the prayers that we're praying. So anyway, so this son decides to get pretty rebellious and he's just got a really bad attitude towards me. Actually very, um, especially for this kid, it's just not his nature, but he would just like not talk to me and just really be rude. Just, I've never ever had my children treat me like that. And I can't even think of like something I did or one thing, you know what I mean? It was, this was years ago, but I was like, Lord, so I just prayed and I was like, Lord, Show me what to do. The Lord said, let him know he's saved. So I would say, you know, because I heard my children prophesy when they were young and, and really move in the gifts of the Spirit. And so this kid used to witness to everybody. It didn't matter. He was so bold. He went and told everybody about Jesus, everybody. So I said to the son, I said, you know, you know you're already you're saved. Well, I don't know if I believe that anymore. I said, does not matter? Because your spirit knows that God is real and he lives inside of you. And he'll never convince me otherwise. I've heard you prophesy. I've seen you evangelize. And I've seen the fruit in your life. So God's not going to leave you nor forsake you because you are going through uh, whatever you're going through right now. And he, well, mom, you just don't. I said, I do know you're saved. Okay, so if you don't want to patronize someone, See them in faith. See them in faith. You've got to begin to see what you're believing for in faith. Faith is the things not seen but hoped for, which means earnestly expect it. Okay, earnestly expect it. So you need to earnestly expect. Now, that's not something cute. That's like, no, God, I'm going to do whatever your spirit leads me to do to watch this person get delivered from darkness to light. Okay, so when we, when we read the scriptures, they're not just cute little bumper stickers. 
There, there's spiritual law. There's power in God's word. And the power comes when you get revelation from the Holy Spirit to release that word. Okay, does everybody, you can't do this without Holy Spirit. That's why the church is so um, weak right now. That's why the church is so weak right now. And if you operate in a different spirit than Holy Spirit, but you think it's Holy Spirit, you're actually cursing what you want to be blessing and you really need to come and get some help. Because there's a lot of that in the church. I won't get into that today. That's, we're doing that on Tuesday nights right now, I think. So, so what you want is you want to release those words. So I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. Okay, it's a good fight because if we fight it led by Holy Spirit, we always win. I mean, you're kind of not smart to get in a fight where you know you're going to get beat up. I mean, it might look look good in the papers or something, but seriously, I'd, I personally don't like pain. <laughs> you know, I don't, don't want to get beat up. So we got to recognize this is a good fight. Whatever you're fighting, you can apply this to everything, okay? Whatever you're fighting, whatever fight you're in, let me put that, whatever fight you're in, if you want God and you want only the Holy Spirit and you're willing to listen to him and give up whatever he wants and do whatever he shows you and face whatever you have to face, you will win. So... I don't know. I still to this day do not know why my son decided to get a little rebellious. But he was being very, very rude to me. And so I prayed about it. And I did the warfare. And let's just go. I was going to use the scripture for something else. But let's really look at the scripture um, in Ephesians. So Ephesians 6, actually. 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. And I'm going to read it out of the transcend the passion translation okay just so you know i always check everything with the king james um there's a king so there's people okay anyone in here who has uh, who can get the e-sword bible does anybody know what that is okay if you have if you have a ipad or different different ones i think android takes it whatever it's free it is the best study tool it makes traveling, I always have two iPads because, and a phone because I never know if something's going to go out. And I, I literally, you guys, I won't even get in bed without one of my, I, my iPads in there um, so I can look up scripture anytime I need to in the night or read whatever he wants me to read. I literally have it with me almost all the time. And when I travel, it's so much better than bringing all the books that you have to bring to bring these. But anyway, the thing that's so nice is called eSword. And if you're interested, they're free. You just go to the app store and get the eSword. Somebody can help you. But it has free Bibles in it. Now, a few of them you have to pay like some dollars for or something. Why do I tell you this? Because it's not, I cannot give you enough in one day except to get you hungry. But I can help you to learn how to go and do this. So the e-sword is great. You pick which Bibles you want. I've got like seven and seven or more in there. And I say that because I can go like this and this and really quickly find out if the translation I'm using, it lines up to scripture, lines, lines up to the King James. And the reason I don't just use the King James 
is because Holy Spirit will actually tell me which one to use and give me a rhema word that is so spot on. It's amazing. And when we've been doing warfare for our nation, he has used the passion translation so many times. And so I'm just saying this. So I'm not trying to get in an argument with you. I know I used to preach right from the Greek and Hebrew um, translate, and it was so hard. I had to change the sentence structure. And boy, it took so much of anointing. I'm so thankful that somebody else has now done that for me, and I can just read it. So my favorite version, to be really biblical, is called the literal. Uh, it's, it's King James 3, okay? But now I'm using the passion because it stirs me up. This man's a scholar, Brian Simmons. I've gone to Israel with him. He is a scholar. No kidding. He knows Greek and Hebrew. He could outdo any of us. I don't always agree with how he's chosen to interpret a few things. But can I tell you something? If you look up those words, people, they can be used so many different ways. And it's still all what the original says. And so that way, Holy Spirit can show me which ones. It's just the main things you always make sure stay the main things. So, and you'll see. So I, but before I ever preach it like this, I do check it out first and I'll even change some things sometimes when I'm preaching to, to go to one of the, the ones I agree with. Amplified is good if you're doing Old Testament because it gives you all the history right there. And if you don't want to go take the time to research it, it's kind of nice to know. Um, the amp, the uh, King James um, Plus that you can get on eSword actually has your concordance right there. You hit the button and it tells you the Greek and Hebrew words right there. So nobody can just pull something. All right, anyway. All right, so now we're back to this. Ephesians 6.10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victoriously with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Do you know if we would do that? If we would pray that? That's the kind of scripture you get and you begin to say, God, I want this to be real in my life. I want this to be real in my children's life. I want this to be real in the people in this church. God, I want this to be real. He says it's the most important. So let's all, let's all come in agreement. Lord, we want to be supernaturally infused with strength. Through a union with our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to stand victorious with the force of his power flowing in us and through us. Now I'm teaching you because this is how you should read the Bible. You should let Holy Spirit lead you. But when you find scriptures like this, you need to outline them, underline them. You need to begin to take the time, get off of all the other junk you're doing and take the time, you know, it's even watching other preaching and teaching, that's all good and concerts and worship and everything else. But it's his word. His word is his seed. That's what he calls it. And so if you want this implanted into your heart, you have to literally take and put it into your heart. And the way to do that is ask the Holy Spirit, your teacher, right? He's the teacher. He's the comfort. He's amazing. Please get a real relationship, a strong relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have really powerful teaching on how the Godhead actually works and, and how to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How are they one? I don't have time to do that today, but it's on the, I've got teaching on it. But when you recognize who he is and you realize it's Holy Spirit, he's the one 
Holy Spirit is the one who is going to show you what to do to see your family saved. Holy Spirit is the one who's going to show you what to do to handle the day that we're living in and not uh, lose everything. Holy Spirit is the one. So I want you to understand, not a pastor, not apostle, not a prophet, Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit will lead you, and I believe everyone was led here because people don't come in here very easy. We're not a user-friendly place. We're a Holy Spirit-led place. If you have demons in you, and most everybody has some, they don't like being here because they've seen me jump over chairs and take demons out without even batting an eye. If you really want to get out really bad, you probably need to stay a lot. Because we have gotten way too comfortable sitting in a church with a little tiny bit of Holy Spirit and it looks nothing like the book of Acts. It looks nothing like uh, uh, the shadow of Peter walking by. And that really wasn't about his shadow. That's about the presence of God that surrounded him because of his walk with God. And anyone who even came into that presence was healed. That's why for those who just stay home, when the Bible says don't forsake the gathering, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints in the last days as many will do, you can't be around that kind of presence sitting in your house when God says be where you need to be. I believe with all my heart you will get a lot today. And I can't preach you everything or anywhere close. But he's going to make sure everyone gets what at least something powerful you came for. This scripture is powerful. You can look it up in any translation. It's still powerful. Pray these kind of scriptures. How do I do that? You get, first of all, get in the presence of God. You're like, well, how do I do that? Okay, if you've never gotten into the presence of God, repent for never getting into the presence of God. Repent for any doctrine of error that you've listened to that made you think the Holy Spirit wasn't living inside of us today. I'll just be honest with you. Everything starts with repentance. And repentance is an awesome, awesome gift that God, nobody can even be saved without repentance. Nobody can even repent unless the Lord convicts you and brings you to a place of repentance. We have got to embrace repentance. When we don't embrace repentance, we close off our hearts. We do what we want. We get hyper-spiritual baloney stuff. And all of a sudden, we become unteachable and everything else. Repentance is a gift from God. To It's a response. Let me say this. It's a response to Holy Spirit. Ooh. Hmm. Never said that one before. Repentance. True repentance True repentance is always a response to Holy Spirit. Whoa. Man, feel that one. We think the words coming from our brain because we hear somebody is repentance. No, repentance comes as a response to the Holy Spirit. So Father, right now we come before you and we ask that everyone's spirit be open to you. And Lord, every demonic spirit that's blocking anyone's spirit man, 
from receiving today, we bind that thing. We forbid it for operating. We forbid it for stopping them from being able to receive from you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are greater than anything the enemy has put into our lives, even that we came in agreement with. And we ask you, Lord, to be the only Lord of our lives. And Father, we come before you and we say we only want the Holy Spirit. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You have this Bible promise. And it says, if you only want the Holy Spirit, you'll only get the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to be spiritual, that's not asking for the Holy Spirit. If you want a ministry, that's not asking just for Holy Spirit. If you want to fit in somewhere, that's not. Do you understand what I'm saying? People might think they're asking for Holy Spirit. But if you're asking for signs and wonders or tongues, you're not asking for Holy Spirit. So you have to get to this place to say, no matter what, no matter what I'm going to have to see that I've taken it incorrectly, no matter what I have to face and walk through to get to a place of freedom, I really do know this much. I only want the Holy Spirit. I mean, you're in really bad area if he's not the only one you want, because we live in an extremely spiritual day and we live in a day when demons love to get into Christians. They've always loved to get, but now they're getting into Christians in, in meetings. But if I only want the Holy Spirit, I could walk right dab into blatant witchcraft. I'll feel it, but it can't get in me. And I won't do it unless God tells me to do it. Don't put the Lord, your God through a, to a foolish test, right? So, so when we look at this and we're going before the Lord, you take this kind of a word and you look at it and you spend time and you're like, you know what, Lord, you're speaking to your beloved ones. Okay. First of all, you've got to let that sink in. God sees you as his beloved one. Do you know he sees you that way? Even when you're backslidden, let, let me just, oh man, Lord, we don't have time to do all this. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a really quick of how I believe Holy Spirit, father and son work. And I have a whole teaching on this all over the place. Okay, we have this perfect father. Jesus said, it's his father and it's your father. He cannot even look on sin. Why? Because you would be gone. His presence is so holy, so powerful, that in his throne room, just a glance at him, you fall out and scream, holy, holy, holy. And this is billions and trillions and trillions of years after he's been there. So when people say you should outgrow falling out in the power of God, just tell them, well, get more glory in here so I can fall out more. I don't think I'm going to prance my little self into the Holy of Holies, into his throne and go, hey, daddy. I think I'm going to go and go, oh, God, holy, 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 oh, my gosh. I didn't know what holy even meant till I got into this place to see this holy, holy God. No sin can be in his presence. It's impossible. It'll burn up. That's why hell has fire. Because all that sin is going to burn and burn and burn. And all the carriers of that sin that hasn't been forgiven are going to burn and burn and burn with that sin forever because they will not be in the presence of a holy God. 
So here you have this powerful, magnificent Father God. How amazing that he would use the name Father. How amazing. And he wanted to create. He wanted to begin to do. So he came forth from himself. He's the firstborn. He's the first. He, He wasn't created. He actually came forth. It's like God said, you know what? I personally believe that the father is the actual 100% center of everything. And, and he, and, and he wanted to begin to create and he wanted to begin to be part of his creation. In other words, be able to interact with his creation. So he is so powerful. He, he sent forth him own self in the same image, exactly as he is. Think of it as a mobile God. And so he went forth. Isn't that awesome? So he's, he's exactly God. It's just God who's able to move around because God the Father is ever seated on his throne. So it was, it was this God that you see walking, this mobile God, the Lord, walking, I believe, on the earth when you see any situations where Moses saw him face to face. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so here's, so then when they had to send someone to die for the sins of mankind, it had to be someone without sin. But he had, I can't, I can't, I don't have time to tell you all this. You all need to go read the, listen to the teaching. But this is so basic. So Jesus, so, so only an angel, that song where an angel could, no, an angel could never save you. An angel could never save you. The earth was given to Adam as a man made in the image of God. Only planet Earth can be ruled by human. Planet Earth can only have human rulership until Adam gave it to Satan. And only a man could get it back. And I'm not going to get in. That's another whole bunch of teaching why he became a man, how he became a man. But he was really still a God. But anyhow, but he had flesh. He had a soul and a spirit. Anyway, so here's Jesus. And so he begins to create, you see it in the book of Colossians, and he's creating everything. How cool is it? God's so excited with this. It's like, wow, this is wonderful. Now I'm going to create, and he's been creating, and now let's, let's focus on planet Earth, and that's what we get to read about in the Word of God, right? And he began to create and create and create and create. Now the Holy Spirit's everywhere all the time, but it's the spirit of the living God. It's how he releases himself into every situation. It's why we can be born again. So it's really the Holy Spirit that lives in us if we're born again, right? It's, it, Jesus doesn't live in us uh, as far as the mobile part of God that goes around. See, whenever you saw Jesus, he has to be at one place at one time. Now he can quickly be somewhere else and he can quickly be somewhere else and he can quickly be somewhere else. But do you understand, even when you get to heaven, it's Christ in you that keeps you having this wonderful, always in communion with God relationship. And it's not a relationship we just have while we're down here. It's a relationship for eternity. I told the Lord one time, I said, I don't know that how heaven can be better than here because I'll have to stand in line to see you in heaven. He says, Cindy, you'll still have the Holy Spirit in you when you're here. It'll just be more intensified everything about your walk with me. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. So I want you to see this. God being real to you 
and giving you a real relationship. Holy Spirit giving you a real relationship with Jesus because he's your Lord and your Savior. And it's through Jesus. It's only through Jesus that we can come to the Father. Why? Because the minute I go into the throne of the Father in Christ, all my sin is gone. Now I can go into the place where there's this holy God. I'm still going to fall on my face. I'm still going to cry, holy, 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 holy. I'm still going to have the experience beyond anything I've ever imagined. And I almost laugh when everybody thinks we've had the glory in the church yet. We haven't even seen the power of God in church yet. But thankful for the anointing. Up and coming events are going to be amazing. And you can either be a participator or you can be a spectator. Or you can be a critic. So here's this powerful God. And this is, the Lord, this is just kind of a vision he sort of showed me. So here's the father. Okay, so let's see. The father's looking at my son when he was in rebellion. Okay? So here's the father. And they've got something greater than computers. You know, they probably see it in, in real life time and everything. And here's the father. He sees my son when my son was in rebellion exactly as my son should be. This is a really powerful principle for your prayers, for any prayers. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. God has perfect faith. I've got to get into such a relationship with God that I see things from his perspective, not the devil's. And that's going to take walking with God, reading his word, trusting him, growing in him, getting away from religion, getting away from people, seriously, who hold you back. If you don't want to go deeper in God, then fine. You're still going to be in heaven. Yay. People, I am so hungry for God. I have never gone into a backslidden stage, praise God, and I, by his grace, I won't. And I have not gotten less hungry. I've been so hungry for 38 years now. And it's never gotten less. I'm not going back to a first love. I got a deeper love now than I ever had for Christ. Some people never had the first love. They just got a religious experience and got saved and tried to follow rules. And when you say, oh, go through the first love, they're like, what the heck is that? Well, the early church knew what the first love was. Jesus rebukes us for not having, what does he say? It's all about being in a relationship with him, a real relationship with him. Hmm. Okay, another another conference. I'm gonna get back to this. All right. So does that help? So here, so so he sees. So he so put put in front of your face right now. Put in front of your face who you're believing for. Pick one person you're believing for who's not right with God, and see that God sees them. The Father sees them, holy, perfect, and what He has for them right now. See what He sees. See, you'll never be bored as a Christian if you really get into all this. You'll, you won't have enough time to do all that. You're like, oh, God, let me see this one. Let me see this one. Let me see this one. Now, here you have Jesus. Does everybody know what Jesus is doing now since, since, since he rose from the dead? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's also the, the commander of hosts in the book of Revelations in this whole army we're doing. But, but he's seated by the Father. What is he doing? He's praying for us. What is he praying? He's praying that what the Father sees is going to come to pass. Now, who's down here to make it happen? 
Holy Spirit. We give Holy Spirit the hard time. We grieve the Holy Spirit, which God says don't do. We don't listen. We blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which God says can take you to hell. Am I right? He's like saying, look, people, it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work on earth today, and he's doing it through you. So any problem you have is not a problem with the Father, is not a problem with the Son, and it's not a problem with the Holy Spirit. It's not even a problem with the devil. Where's the problem? You! Well, that's good news, because you can repent. You can repent. Like I said, if you're not repenting all the time, you're not growing. I'm not saying for the same sin. You shouldn't have to repent. Okay. If you repent for the same sin over and over, you've never repented. You haven't let the spirit of God, you haven't responded to the Holy Spirit conviction. You responded to a religious mindset. And that just keeps you feeling defeated and defeated and defeated. Get rid of the Pharisee spirit. Get rid of uh, doctrine of demons that you've bought somewhere else. This is not about man. This is about you having a relationship with God. There's a spiritual law that says you are as close to Jesus as you want to be. Do you know you can get closer to Jesus than I am even if you go to this church? It's so ridiculous. I used to have pastors call me in. I've been kicked out of churches. And they would say... Do you think you can be closer to God than I am? And I'm like, I don't try to compare myself to you. No, you do, don't you? You think you walk closer to God than I do. I'm like, you must think I do because you're having the problem with it. And I'm like, I'm not answering that. I knew it. I knew it. And kicked me out of church because I wouldn't say that they walk closer to God than I did. Or I wouldn't admit that. Like, if I walk closer to God, somehow I was bad. That's covering doctrine, people. Shepherding doctrine, whatever you want to call it, it's from the pit of hell, and it's going to be busted in this next move of God. You can't get that close to somebody that you have to talk to a human being before you can talk to. Does anybody get he died on the cross to destroy that veil that separated man from God? He didn't die on it to put a whole new group of people there who call themselves fancy names. Everybody go, ouch. You, can, you are as close to God as you want to be. That's what the Bible says. God says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. There is a spiritual law that says you are as close to God and we're the bride. We represent that part as you want to be. And the Lord, so if I draw near to God, he draws near to me. That means like, if I'm like, hey, Jesus, wow. I love you. I want to be with you. Read, read the Song of Solomon. God is like that. He's a passionate, passionate God. He's the one who started with the whole bride thing at the beginning in, in, in um, Ephesians, I mean Genesis, and he's the one who finishes it. The last prophecy to be fulfilled is the bride has made herself ready and she is in complete harmony with the Spirit. And she says, come Lord Jesus. Now, not to freak people out, especially guys, especially based on most of these days, what is it to be the bride of Christ? It is the closest 
relationship any human being or any being, any being outside of the Godhead, it is the closest relationship you can ever have with Jesus. If you don't want it, that's your business. I do. So Christ is looking for people completely in love with him. God's not trying just to solve all your problems. How many know Jesus doesn't promise? You're going to have trouble tomorrow. We'll tackle that one tomorrow. Don't worry. I love it. The Lord's like, don't worry. You'll have problems tomorrow. Has anybody found that one to be true? We, we seem to have no trouble seeing that promise come to pass. But he says, it's okay. I've overcome. In other words, we're going to do this thing. You're going to get stronger in me and closer to me and stronger in me and closer to me. If you don't understand what this walk is really about, then you kind of have a little bit of a religion and not a relationship. And that's where I just spend time with, Lord, I repent. I repent. Show me, you know, show me who you are. I want to know you. My, my, the cry of my heart is, I want to know God. I mean, I know him, but I want to know him more. We will never quit getting deeper and deeper in knowing him for all eternity because he is so amazing. Huh. Anyhow, so I get back to my scripture. Oh, it's already 1130. I've not had my two sessions done yet. We'll figure that out later. Okay. Wrong Bible. Try this one. Is this helping anybody? Okay, Ephesians 6. I'm, I'm helping you to see you need Holy Spirit to help you to read these scriptures. You need revelation from these scriptures. You need to see that these are seeds. These are actual, it's the implanting of his word that's going to bring forth the victories in your life. It's this word that can be released to angels and they will go do warfare for your children. So I begin to seek God for the word for any situation I'm in, but for my son. So you can apply this to anything. What is Holy Spirit saying? If you don't hear Holy Spirit, what's the first thing you should do? Repent! Then what's the next thing you should do? Ask God, why, what is in the way of me hearing you? Wrong doctrine, doctrine of demons, the Bible calls it, can block you from hearing God. So if people say God doesn't speak today, let me know that that would be a lie. Okay. All right. Get ready for a big, exciting, scary thing. A stronghold. Anybody who knows, has ever heard me preach, knows this. What is a stronghold? If you want to get anybody free, you've got to find out the strongholds. What is a stronghold? It's a lie that you've made truth. The minute I make a lie truth, that now that gives demonic power in my life to be a truth in my life. 
and it blocks the truth. So if I believe you can't hear God today, guess what? You just made it so the enemy can make you not hear God today. If you believe that you have to hear God through a, through a person and you can't hear him for yourself, guess what? You just made it so you can't hear God for yourself. If you've made fun of people who hear God, if you say God wouldn't do that, all those things grieve the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're blasphemous, but he, he doesn't hold it against us. You can't do blasphemy, just so you know this. You can't do blasphemy unless it's intentional. Aren't you thankful? Because you lose your salvation. So intention. So when Judas renounced Jesus Christ, knowing who he was in the power of God, that was blasphemous, right? He knew what he was doing. He chose to turn on God. Okay, the Bible says you have to taste and see. You have to taste the spirit realm before you can even blaspheme. So most of the church can't even do it yet. But you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, another reason you, you couldn't hear God is if you did something that you knew was wrong and you had to sear your conscience to do it, such as abortion, such as murder, such as robbing, such as do, anything that you know is wrong. And God tries to stop you from doing it. But you go ahead and you do it anyway. We'll sear your conscience. So when that happens, you need to ask God, ho, oh, to be delivered from a seared conscience. Boy, I feel that when I said it. It's like all of a sudden it's like this whole different, like like all of a sudden a bunch of scared demons or something. Like All of a sudden it's like, ooh. Okay. All right. A seared conscience is not the unforgivable sin. What does it mean when a conscience is seared? It means Satan or a demon. Satan's probably not messing with any of us that much. I think he messed with me a little bit, but most of us he's not going to mess with. He's got bigger things to do. But a demon is going to come in and say, they knew that was wrong. They're not listening to their conscience. Therefore, they don't want that inner voice telling them what's right and wrong. How many know we're going to have to know deliverance for this for an entire generation? Right? Okay, we have a lot of teaching on being forgiven for abortion. And I'm not getting to it. God forgives. He died to forgive every sin. There's only one unforgivable sin. You have to walk with God, taste how good he is, be in a strong relationship with him and choose to tell him you don't want him anymore. That's blasphemy. You wouldn't be sitting in here if you've done that. When someone has done that, they will probably kill themselves really quickly because there's no light left or they will totally never want to hear from God again. In other words, Holy Spirit will never draw them again because you cannot crucify Christ twice. Now, I will say this, if you've got kids that play in that in rebellion and in witchcraft, you begin to take authority now that they won't do that. Is this helping anybody? See, I, I, I'm helping you to see this is serious. This isn't like, oh, well, I'll get to heaven and it'll be fine. This is like, it's called warfare. But we fight the good fight, right? We fight the good fight. And we trust God. 
and he's a healing God. And if anyone has a seared conscience, actually, whew, it's a different, can anybody, those who have discernment, can't you feel the different presence of God? It's more of a serious presence. It's like a real sober, oh, it's, it's a really battling anointing in here. Okay, so we want to heal. We want deliverance. And we're not going to put, you don't have to worry. When we pray for people, we don't put it online. We make the camera go up over my head or something. I, I, don't, I don't want people watching people humbling themselves before the Lord. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.